Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today I am in a park in Munich, Germany, and I'm here with my brother Tim. Tim, welcome back. Hi, Nick. <laughs> And last time when you were on the podcast, you talked about when you went to Germany when you were a teenager. And what we didn't really talk about at the time was that the reason you went was because you were learning German in high school in Australia. And you went to Germany on an exchange program, right? That's correct. So we had a German student who came to live with us in our house in Sydney for a couple of months. And then you went to stay with him in Germany. Yes, uh, I was, I guess, 16 at the time. I was in year 10 or year 11 at high school and uh, I spent a very few, a very cold few months, I should say, in, uh, in the very northern part of Germany as an exchange student. So what I wanted to ask you first was that, do you remember why you chose to study German or do you remember what the other options were for, for languages in high school? Yeah, strangely enough, um, the options for language when I was at high school, which was a long time ago, were uh, German and French typically. And of course, that's a very English uh, curriculum. It's sort of come straight from the, um, the United Kingdom and doesn't make a lot of sense in Australia. Uh, you're far better off learning one of the Asian languages or one of your closest neighbors' languages like Indonesian. Uh, but I had a very good teacher in German and that's what prompted me to continue with it because when the teacher makes it interesting and enjoyable, uh, then you can really engage with the subject. So I just genuinely enjoyed my German uh, uh, lessons at school and so that's where it started. That's great because typically high school language teaching in countries like Australia is pretty poor and students don't really learn much. Um, they're taught to pass tests rather than to speak the language and so it's great that you had a good experience with it. It is indeed. It's also interesting that yeah, like you said in, uh, French and German typically large European languages were what were taught. Our parents studied French and German when they were in school. I'm six school years younger than you, and by the time it came time for me to choose languages, Japanese was the really popular one. This is in the early 1990s, because in Australia we had a lot of uh, Japanese investment in the 1980s, and it's funny that they really thought that Japanese was going to be the next big language for Australians to learn, and then of course soon after they realized it was going to be Chinese. And I assume now that Australian school children are learning Chinese, I don't know, but I assume so. I don't know either, but I suspect that uh, Chinese um, and probably Japanese and maybe Indonesian would be quite common, um, which makes a lot more sense, I think, for, for Australians. So when you went to Germany, you must have had special German classes, but additionally, you must have just gone to the regular classes that, that the German students were going to. I did, and, and admittedly, I didn't understand anything, <laughs> so I had a terrible time. At one point, I remember vividly getting told off. I, I was, can you, if you can imagine trying to learn Greek in German when your grasp of German is, is minimal at best. So I gave up and just put my headphones on at one point during the class and I, I got told off. I think I nearly got a detention. Um, but, but it was just really, truly beyond me to learn another language via German. Um, so I have to say that I did very much struggle. Uh, the, the quality of the level of my German compared to my uh, exchange students level of English was like chalk and cheese. 
yeah. yeah, because I remember I wasn't really aware of what your level of German was at the time, but I remember when Heiko, who was the extension, when he arrived, we were very impressed with his level of English at age 16, 17. It was much better than we thought it would be. Absolutely. I think in Europe in general, languages are taken very seriously. And they're also taught much, much earlier. You don't wait until you get to high school uh, to start learning a language. It, it's part of your curriculum from, uh, from primary school onwards. And of course, the other thing is English is very much throughout popular culture. So a lot of television shows or movies or certainly music, in particular music, um, is... Uh, is heavily influenced by English and the charts, the popular music charts you might find in, in Germany uh, are not massively different to what you'd find in an English speaking country. A lot of the songs on there are English so people are naturally exposed to the language from a young age, um, you know, through, uh, through music and, and, and television. And so did you find this period that you spent in Germany, did it help your German or was it, like you said, just so difficult in, in, in certain ways that you almost didn't make that progress? I don't think I made a whole lot of progress, actually. I've made far more progress uh, since. Uh, and the interesting thing about learning a language, I think, is that you, you actually have to learn English first. <laughs> and that took me completely by surprise because you need to learn about sentence structures and cases and gender and uh, conjugations and things like this. And if you don't know that in English, it's very, very difficult to learn it in another language. So I found myself actually having to revisit um, and I was never very good at, uh, at English at school anyway, so trying to, <laughs> trying to relearn English first helps, helps significantly in, in, in learning German. Yep. So I don't know German, so you'll have to help me out with this, but just thinking about the language compared with English, they're obviously both Indo-European languages and they're both on the Germanic branch of the Indo-European family tree, so there's a lot of similarities. They essentially both come from a proto-Germanic that was spoken um, outside the borders of the Roman Empire. So what are the challenges specifically with German, do you think? I think the, the challenge that takes you by surprise a little is gender. And it's probably the same in many other European languages. In fact, I think it is in French and Spanish and Italian. But uh, in English, of course, uh, it really only human beings that have gender or, or objects that are alive. Uh, in German, every object has a gender. So a table... Uh, for example, is, is, is a male. <laughs> um, uh, you know, a ship is a female, or, or whatever. Um, probably even got that one wrong. But the, um, the difficulty is not just learning the gender, um, but then all the cases and, and, and different forms that, that, that goes with that. So that's complicated. Right, and so, yeah, the Latin languages have genders, but doesn't German also have a neutral gender? Yes, it does. Uh, that's right. There's there's masculine, feminine, and and neutral, uh, so that makes it even harder. So after you got back from Germany when you were younger, it seems that maybe you weren't really encouraged to continue with German, and then you spent what 20 years probably not thinking about German at all, and then you've recently come back to it in the last few years. So what do you what inspired you to restart with German again after such a long absence? I, I think the fact that I didn't actually need to restart completely from scratch was probably my main motivation. I wanted to, I felt slightly inadequate uh, living in, I've been living in uh, London for eight years and Berlin for nearly six months now, and uh, Europeans in general are uh, very proficient uh, at other languages, and, and, and I couldn't believe that really I just knew English. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to make that a mission. 
uh, for me to really improve my German. And I didn't want to start from scratch, so hence I picked, I chose German because I had a, a, you know, a little bit of a background there. Okay, and so how's that been going the last few years and especially the last few months that you've been living in Berlin? Well, I can order a beer and a schnitzel. <laughs> well, that's all you need. Um, I've got restaurant German. <laughs> can I have the bill, please? <laughs> and so beyond that, do you, are you able to have conversations with people or, or what's, what do you, what, how would you rate your level, I guess? So officially, I, I think I'm roughly at B2 level on the official scale, which really is... Um, I suppose beginner to intermediate. Um, I still feel that by and large most Germans can speak English better than I can speak German. Um, but that's okay, you've got to start somewhere. So I'm improving all the time. And are you finding living in Germany that, that exposure to the language is really helping insofar as, I don't know, television, radio or, or things like that? Yes, uh, I find that one of my challenges is to not have the person speak back to me in English. <laughs> and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. So I do make an effort. Uh, certainly television um, helps. I find that watching a German show with German subtitles is perhaps one of the best ways um, to assist your learning. Whereas finding it, it's usually easier to understand if there are English subtitles, but your learning uh, ability or your learning capacity is perhaps lessened yeah all right well thank you very much for talking to us again and good luck with your german thank you nick thanks for listening to english in 10 minutes to download a worksheet for this episode including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation visit englishin10minutes.com